How many of y'all love Pastor Gary? Come on. I love him too. Hey, y'all stand tight a minute. Somebody give the Lord a praise like he's been good to you. All right. We've been singing, Great is Your Faithfulness. However faithful God's been to you, why don't you get your praise to match his faithfulness if you ever can do it? Just go ahead and praise him right now. Did he pick you up? Did he make a way? Did he save you? Did he heal you? Has he blessed you? Only praise him if he's blessed you. Only praise him if he's been good. If he hadn't been good to you, you just stand there. But if he's been faithful, give him the praise in here tonight. Ah, I said give him the praise in here tonight. It's not a hard thing. We don't have to labor. We just praise your name, Jesus. Okay, I'm, I'm about to preach, but listen, that Honey in the Rock song, that, we got to sing a little bit more of that because I need you to tell everybody in your neighborhood God's providing for me. Come on, tell them God's providing for me. How many of you believe that there's honey in the rock? Come on, that's actually a scripture in the Bible. How many of you believe there's manna on the ground, everything you need? Somebody just raise up your hand. Sing that, honey. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground.
you believe that there's honey in the rock, purpose in his plan. Well, remain standing just for a moment. Give the Lord the ovation of the night. Come on, if you love him. Oh, that was awesome. I love you all. If you're ready for the word, somebody say, I'm ready. Y'all, I came to preach tonight. I stepped out of straight outpouring in our church today. I've been in uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Nashville, Tennessee this week, and I was back at Ormond today, and I'm glad to be in Jacksonville tonight. Come on now. I'll be in Texas Wednesday. I'll be preaching for Pastor Kilpatrick Friday and Saturday. But I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but Jacksonville Evangel Temple on Sunday night. How many of you feel like Jesus is in this place? Hallelujah. What a great Sunday night crowd. All the good-looking people came to church tonight. I think the ugly people stayed home. Come on, the best-looking folk came tonight. I see some folks over here I love. Good to see you, Will, and your family. Well, I want you to go to 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 1. Today, I just want to take a moment and speak to you from my heart. I came across this text several years ago, probably about seven or eight years ago. And I came back across it this week, and the Lord arrested my heart. And he said, it is time to bring this again. And I'm actually planning on preaching this Friday night at a conference with Pastor Kilpatrick and Benny Hinn and Michael Koulianos and all these different guys. But the Lord arrested my spirit that in, in light of these last through few years, we need to reemphasize that Jesus is still the answer. He's not one of the answers. He's not part of the answer. If there's a dilemma, Jesus is the answer. Politics can't fix it. Come on now. Social agendas can't fix it. We, none of that can mend a broken heart, heart, a broken world, but Jesus can do it. So I want to talk to the church. Any church folk here tonight? Come on. Let me hear from the church. Is the church in the room tonight? Can I have a... So I want you to look with me at 1 Kings chapter 10, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. You by live stream, thank you for being with us. It said, When the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relation to the name of the Lord. One translation says his connection to the name of the Lord. You know why she heard about him? Because he was connected to the Lord. Now watch this. She came to test him with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices and large quantities of gold and precious stones. She came to Solomon and talked with him about all that was on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Now look at the next seven words. Nothing was too hard for the king. I want to tell you that our king is not Solomon. Our king is Jesus. And what the devil doesn't want you to know tonight is this. Nothing is too hard for the king. Do you believe that tonight? So she talked with him, the Bible said, about everything she had on her mind. Verse 4 says, When the queen of Sheba observed all of Solomon's wisdom, the palace he had built the food on his table, his servant's residence, his attendant service and their attire, his cupbearers and the burnt offerings he offered at the Lord's temple. One translation said when she saw his ascent to and from the temple, here's what it says, 
it took her breath away. I want to preach for a few minutes along these lines. Can today's church still take the world's breath away? How many of you want to be a part of a church that when the world sees us, it just takes their breath away? Come on. It takes cancer away. It takes depression away. It takes fear away. I believe that's the kind of church evangel is. Is evangel, is evangel a revival house? Come on, I want all the hungry people make a little noise in the room right now. I'll tell you what I know evangel is. Evangel is a next generation church. Did you see all those young people up here radically worshiping the Lord? Somebody ought to give God praise for that. I, I love to see that. Slip up your hands if you want to get into this same anointing I'm about to preach. And Father, help us tonight to be led by you, God. I've been preaching and ministering, and everywhere I've been, you've opened up a prophetic river, and you've been moving, and I give your name the praise. I pray tonight would be no exception. I pray that you will come in this room, encourage and strengthen and anoint and just push this church the absolute direction you want it to go. I give you praise now in Jesus' name. Now, if you love the Lord, come on, give him a radical praise. Will you do it? Come on, how do you define radical? I want you to give the Lord a radical thank you right now. Praise the Lord. All right, you can be seated. The Bible said when she saw his burnt offerings that he offered in the Lord's temple, when she saw his ascent to and from the house of the Lord, it took her breath away. Now, I'm going to tell you something here tonight. I'm just going to take some time and unpack this message. I love God's church. I appreciate God's church. I love the church because to me, the church is more than a building. It's more than facilities. It's more than properties. But it's a community of transformed believers who follow Jesus and promote his agenda. I wonder if there's any Jesus followers in the house tonight. Let me hear from the Jesus people. Are there any Jesus people? Jesus' people ought to be full of passion and power. One of the things that I've appreciated after been, I've been preaching here almost two and a half decades, think about that. I started when I was 11 years old. Come on, somebody. When I started preaching here, I came to preach here. Dad Wiggins invited me because Evangel was in pursuit of revival. And I'm glad to see that two and a half decades later, Evangel is still in pursuit of revival. Hallelujah. I want my church to be a church where the glory is. I want to be a part of churches that are seeking after the Spirit of the Lord. So if there's ever been a time where we need churches that are saturated in the power of the Holy Ghost, y'all, we need it now. The world is confused. The world is crazy. We have agendas from hell trying to sexualize our kindergartners and first graders, but I've come to let the devil know that there still is a righteous remnant that will stand up and preach a true gospel and declare that we need a revival of sanity in America. Can I get a witness? I said, can I get a witness in this room? There are still people that are saying, don't teach my children something like that. Teach them the difference between a noun and a verb. Teach them how to do multiplication. Teach them how to write sentence structures. Teach them history. It, come on, somebody. I'm just sick of the agenda of hell. What we need is a church that is fully saturated in the Spirit of God. And I feel like I stepped up in one tonight. How many of you are hungry? 
hungry for the move of the Spirit. Give God a praise if that's you. I want to use as a backdrop for this teaching. I just want to take some time and unpack this tonight. The story of Solomon and his encounter with the Queen of Sheba. Now, the Queen of Sheba was beautiful. She was rich. She had it going on. But there are several things in this discourse that really can apply to the church today. There's no denying if you know about the life of Solomon, that he was a man with an incredible touch of God on his life. The queen of Sheba heard about it, and she came to Solomon to see for herself, to see for herself and to get some answers. And the Bible said in verse 1, it said, when the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relation, one translation said, his connection to the name of the Lord that she came to ask him hard questions. Now, don't, don't miss this. She said when she found out of his connection to the name of the Lord, one translation says his relation, another says his connection to the Lord, she came because she heard that he was connected to God Almighty. And what put Solomon on the map, make no mistake about it, what made him great was not his wealth, it was not his house, it was not his kingdom, it was not his resources. She wasn't drawn by his wisdom or his ability. What drew her was his connection to God. What drew her, what made Solomon great was his connection to the name of the Lord. And I've come to tell you tonight that it was true thousands of years ago and it's still true today. What makes the church great is not nice facilities, it's not beautiful buildings, it's not entertaining singing. It's not great speakers. It's not good program. What makes us a next level building of a church is the fact that we are connected to the name that is above every name that God is in the house. How many of you know that there's someone in this house who is greater than this house? I dare you to give him praise if you love him tonight and you understand what I'm saying. Solomon, precious, would have been nothing without his connection to the Lord. And here's what I want to tell you, church, neither will we. His connection to the Lord made him famous. His connection to the Lord put him on the map. It brought him every advantage. That's why the house has got to be full of worship. That's why it's got to be full of praise. Because that ensures our connection to the Lord. Here's the real question for the church in the earth today. Is the church at large in America and around the world... Is it connected enough to God that when the word that the world cannot help but be drawn to us? Are we so connected to God that when they when they hear about us, they say, I need to go to Evangel because there's healing in that house. I need to go to Evangel because there's redemption in that house. I need to go to Evangel because there's miracles in that house. I need to I'm looking for the day that there is so much miracle power in your church and in mine that when people are sick in their body and they're trying to take them to Baptist Medical Center or whatever hospitals y'all have here now, down the way they say, don't take me to the hospital yet. Pull into Evangel Temple. They are connected to a power that's from another world. Get somebody in there. Hey, come on. How many of you want to be known for your connection to the Lord? That's what made 
Solomon great. See, the church will become more the more we are connected to God. Now, here's what the Bible said, precious. She came to test him with hard questions. She had hard questions, but remember, I told you that the Bible said that nothing was too hard for the king. The devil doesn't want you to know it, but there is nothing that's too hard for the king. Doesn't matter what the financial situation says. Doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. Nothing is too hard for the king. She comes to Solomon and she's looking for answers. Y'all, she was wealthy. She was beautiful. She was powerful. She worshiped her own array of false gods. But all this had left her empty. All this had left her warning. She was looking for answers and she said, I have all this, but I'm still looking for answers. Write this down. In the 21st century, people are still coming to the church with hard questions. It seems like the questions are harder than they've ever been. They, they, do we still have answers in the house? People are coming and now they're questioning their sexuality. They're questioning their gender. They're questioning all kind of things. People are coming with hard questions. People have issues of depression and weariness and addiction and bondage and racism and worry and betrayal and agendas of the enemy. They're coming with hard questions. They're coming with hard issues. They're coming with hard problems. But if you walked in here tonight and you're dealing with anything hard, let me tell you, there is a power that is greater than your dilemma. There is a power that is greater than your problem. There is a power that is greater than your sickness. The church still has answers. Some of you say, well, the church is outdated. The devil is a liar. There's all this Pentecost stuff, all this move of the Spirit. Let me tell you something. we got to provide answers. In this world we live in, if the church wants to be more, we've got to provide answers. And you know what? We still have answers. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, we still got answers. No, no, holler at them like you holler at your children when they get on your last nerve. Holler down your row and say, we still got answers. Can I tell you, don't let the enemy sell you a bill of goods. The Bible is still the answer. I said the Bible is still the answer. The church still has answers. The Holy Ghost being poured out is still the answer. The blood of Jesus is still the answer. Every confused and hurting person in Jacksonville ought to know, come to Evangel Temple, we got some answers. Hallelujah. Somebody give God praise if you're glad to be in a church that has some answers. We've got answers. The church has answers. The Bible said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Jesus said, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover life. Listen, the church has answers. Somebody may be watching me online right now. And you're questioning, can God do it? Can God still heal? Can God still move? Can God deliver my family? Can he put my situation back on track? I am a living witness that there are still answers when you call on the name of the Lord. David said, I called on the name of the Lord and he 
answered me. Hallelujah. I want anybody that God's ever answered you and provided an answer, give him a little praise right now in the room. So she came to him, precious, and she came to him with hard questions. The world has gotten so confused, it's so necessary now for the church to rise up with answers. But watch, watch what the Bible says in verse 2. She arrived to Jerusalem with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold, and precious stones. She arrives on the scene with the equivalent of millions and millions and millions of dollars of today's money. She, she arrives into Jerusalem and she's got all these resources. She's got everything imaginable. It had taken her six months to make that journey from where she was to where Solomon was. And she basically comes in with all this impressiveness and she said, Solomon, I have all this. Do you have anything better than what I've already got? I've come to let you know the world is asking the church, do you have anything better than what I've already got? The world is asking the church, do you have anything better than what we already have? That's why, that's why, let me just say this, a side note, that's why we better be careful that in our desire to be relevant to this world, that we don't just become more as the church of what they have, that in our desire to become relevant, that we don't dumb down our gospel, that we don't dumb down God's presence because we're trying to be relevant. Let me tell you, you are never more relevant than when you are when the Spirit of God is in the place and the Word is being preached and worship and praise is being lifted up. I don't want to go to a church that is strictly and simply cool. I want to go to a church where it's saturated with the supernatural power of God. You know, we... we Years ago, so many churches turned, I don't want to be attacking, but I want to be transparent. They turned and made their message more seeker-sensitive and their services more seeker-sensitive. They froze out the moving of the Spirit. They stopped having altar calls. They didn't have communion. And they said they were getting themselves ready. And I had, I had staff all those years ago that were pressing me. You need to kind of make a transition, Pastor. You're a little bit radical. You sweat. You holler. You spit. Come on. How many of you know in Shamu, the first four sections, are that's the splash area. I figure if Shamu can have a splash area, so can I. Come on. You're liable to get spit on if you sit in the front. But I had so many young guys that said, well, we need to make a shift. And I was talking to Dawn one day, and I said, honey, let me tell you something. I've been praying about it. If I try to build a church like that, I ain't going to want to go. 
I won't even attend my own church because I don't want a church where there is no power. I don't want a church where there is no glory. I don't want a church where there is no word. I don't want a church where there is no spirit. I don't want a church where there is no transformation. I don't want a church where there is no deliverance. I'm telling you the world has what the world has, but if they can come into the house of the Lord and experience the power of God, we've got something better. If you believe the church has something better, give the Lord a mighty praise right now. She walks in, man. She drives in on her camel. She's driving a Cadillac camel. Come on, Queen of Sheba rolling in on a Cadillac camel. <laughs> and a Mercedes mule. Y'all don't make me preach. She had a Lexus llama. Can I get a witness? I don't know. She's rolling deep, y'all. She comes in there, and she said, I've got all this. Do you have anything better? I would say to you, the church still has something better. The world can bring whatever it wants to bring, but the church has something better. Let me ask you this. Who would admit that God's been good to you? Anybody? Only let me hear from the people that God's ever blessed. If he's ever blessed you, one. Has anybody come further in life than you ever thought you would? Are there a few people here that survived some things you thought would take you out? Is there anybody here that's been blessed more than you thought you'd be blessed? See, I'm old enough now. When, when I first started out, we weren't poor. We were po. You know what po is? That's P-O. That's when you can't even afford the last two letters. Come on, somebody. My first car was in Jacksonville where we lived on the north side. Come on, somebody. I lived on the north side when it was the north side. Come on, somebody. We lived in this area. We didn't have much, but I'm telling you this. I found a God to be faithful. And through this journey, man, God has blessed me. And here I am at 58 and a half years old. I ain't old. I've just been here a long time. Come on, y'all. Here I am now, and God has blessed me so much more. I used to ride down, <laughs> down Interstate uh, 10 with my buddies with my 1971 Plymouth Fury 3. Big, long, and green. Looked like the Batmobile. Come on, somebody. All the windows rolled down, jamming to the AM radio. Where y'all at? We, we, didn't have, we didn't have a pot or a window. And I look back at where I came from with weeds and, and, and y'all, I'm getting too transparent. All this coming out of my windows, nobody would have ever dreamed that I would be standing here today, that my picture would be on y'all's Supertron, whatever that is out there, that when people come by, they say Jim Rayleigh is going to be preaching Sunday at Evangel Temple. They look and say, say, that can't be the same Jim Rayleigh that I knew back in the 80s, and I would say to you, it ain't the same Jim Rayleigh. There is a power that has changed my life. I only want to hear from the people who's had your life changed by the power of God. The big deal for me was to go to Crystal on Main Street. Y'all don't know about a Crystal hamburger. Y'all fancy people. You went to Wendy's. I went to Crystal. Your, your, your hamburgers then were 23 cents. Come on, somebody. You could get four hamburgers for a dollar. I'm not sure what the meat was, but I liked it. Come on, y'all. I, I, I remember those days. 
And through this journey, I can see the blessings of the Lord over my life. I can look and my life has been wonderfully blessed. I look and, 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 and I, maybe I've, I've, I've had some favor in my life. But let me tell you, I don't live in nothing. I don't drive anything. I don't own anything that compares to Jesus. When I compare it all to Jesus, I'll let it go in a minute. Is there anybody that can say, Jim Rayleigh, there's nothing I have that even comes close to the king? If that's you, give the Lord a praise in here tonight. See, see, the truth is, nothing compares to Jesus. That's why, Pastor Gary, we're going to always win. We're going to always win because we got the best message in the world. His name is Jesus. Here's the question. Does Jesus still impress you? Do you still love him? Does he still thrill your soul? Are you still excited about Jesus? Does he still take your breath away? Are you still thankful? Are you still grateful? Aren't you glad that the church has got Jesus? Let the world bring their technology. Let the world bring their arts. Let the world bring their beauty. Let the world bring their impressiveness. Let the world bring their resources. But when you stack it up beside Jesus, none of it compares to Jesus. I'm like Solomon, y'all. Solomon said he's still the fairest of 10,000. Nothing compares to Jesus. Listen, she came to him. Because of his connection, relation to the name of the Lord, what makes the church great is still our connection to the Lord. <laughs> but then the Bible said that Solomon answered all her questions and nothing was too hard for him. This is powerful to me. Because of the touch of God on Solomon, Nothing was too hard for him. And this world is full of hard questions. They're coming sick. They're coming broken. They have family issues, depression issues, big problems, anxiety, and poverty. And I know I may be really reiterating what I've already said, but here's the real question. Can the world still find a supernatural God in the church that can handle their hard issues? And I want everybody in Jacksonville to know that on Ramona Boulevard, it doesn't matter what your issues are. It doesn't matter what your problem is. There is a God in a church that can handle every hard issue. If you believe that, give the Lord praise. Do you know why I believe that God can handle hard issues because he did it for me. I, I'm going to get back on my notes, but let me tell you this. I'm sick and tired of hearing people say, you know, God ain't moving that way anymore. God used to move that way. God used to heal. God used to deliver, but maybe you hadn't heard that God is done with America. God is not going to move in America anymore. God, you, you just try to hang on and just get to heaven and just make it and don't backslide because God 
God is through with America. I have to look at somebody and say the devil is a liar. God cannot possibly be through with America. You say, well, Jim Rayleigh, how do you know he's not through with America? He's not through with Jim Rayleigh, and I'm an American. So as long as he's not through with Jim Rayleigh, he can't be through with America. I'm telling you, he's not through with your children. He's not through with your marriage. He's not through with Jacksonville. He's not through with Evangel. If you believe God is not through, give him a praise in here right now. You know what I want, Pastor Gary? I want people to come through the doors of your church and mine, walk through the doors and realize that that there's not a life Jesus can't redeem. There's not a drug addict he can't deliver. There's not an issue he can't handle. Jesus. There's not a problem he can't solve. There's not a hope he can't restore. There's not a world he can't put back together. There's not a family he can't touch. There's not a child he can't rescue. There's not a past he can't forgive. There's not a future he can't redeem. I want the world to know no matter how jacked up you are, there is somebody in this room that can handle all the hard issues. Oh, oh, pastor, you're getting in the deep end now, apostle. You're just, you're getting in the deep end now. You're talking faith. You're getting in deep end now. You're talking power. Listen, I'm tired of standing in the shallow end. Isn't it somehow church folk guard the deep end? Oh, we don't want to get in the deep end, but they let you jump in the shallow end. Let me tell you, I'm going in the deep end. You know why? The deep end is where the miracles are. The deep end is where the power is. The deep end is where revival is. The deep end is where your breakthrough is. Somebody give God praise if you're ready to go in the deep end. She answered the hard questions. Now, now watch this. That was what... He answered for her the hard questions. Now, the Bible said in the fourth verse, when she saw the palace that he had built, I mean, she walked in there and she said, brother got a place here. She said, he got it going on. To me, his palace represented his place of rest and restoration. It's a place where he could walk in and find solitude. And the fact that he had such a place of rest, it amazed her. And here's what the Lord asked me when I was writing this message. He said, is the church still a place of rest for a weary world? Can they come through the doors of our churches and find rest? Can they come through the doors of our churches and find a place that is free from criticalness, free from divisions, free from a judgmental spirit, free from exclusivity, free from a hateful religious mindset? Y'all ain't saying much. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the church across town. Come on, somebody. Can they walk in and find a church where it don't matter how much junk you have in your trunk, it doesn't matter how many issues you have, you are welcome to find rest in the house of the Lord. I've come to tell you that as this thing progresses, don't be surprised by folks that walk into Evangel Temple. You're going to see folks that look differently than you. I don't care. I'm 
I don't care how many, they, the kids are piercing everything now. They pierce their ears, their nose, the, they, they pierce it all. I can tell you this, I ain't judging nobody, but I'm, I'm going out with the same amount of holes I came in with. Can I get a witness in? Kid, you, we see people now that I don't have nothing against tattoos. If that's what you want to do, get you a tattoo. But you better be careful because if you get the tattoo of an eagle, my sister, and then about 30 years later, it doesn't look like an eagle. It looks more like a turkey. Don't say I didn't warn you because that thing stretched out. You know, they have these big things. They, they pierce their ears and it stretches their ears out. And they, they just, I don't care. I'm trying to tell you that when people come in this room, don't you judge them by how they look. Don't you judge them by their struggle. But you say, come on in here. Do you have some hard questions? We got answers. If you're glad you got answers, give God a shout of praise. Do they, do they find rest in God's house. Let me tell you something. They're not rejected in the crack house. They're accepted in the gay bar. Come on, y'all. They're accepted in the club. I'm telling you, may they come to the house of the Lord. No matter what their issues are, may they come to the house of the Lord and say, you know what? I may not be behaving in an acceptable way, but I feel accepted in here for some reason. That is where hope is found, in the house of the Lord. That means we, we've got to learn to make church a place of rest. I mean, one of the things that has tried to rob us of our rest is social media. I'm going to get back on my notes. This is free. This is for somebody on your row. Look down the row and see if you can figure out who it is. Yes. Yes, it is. You thought it was her. She just knows it's you. Come on. I said years ago, I said one thing about Facebook. Facebook never made the lame walk, but it certainly made the dumb talk. Can I get a witness in here? There were people, I liked them a whole lot better before Facebook. Y'all don't make me come down there and amen myself. There were people, I used to think they were the greatest thing. Then I found out who they were on Facebook and saw the mess that they liked and shared and the things that they said, and I found it hard to believe. And I thought, there's a Pharisee for sure. There's somebody for sure. They are judgmental. They are hateful. They, they are mad. They are upset. But I'm telling you, I believe that in the mighty name of Jesus, that there is a generation arising that says, Lord, we want to be a place where anybody can come, where we actually get along with each other. Now, is the church a place of rest and restoration, not full of Sadducees or Pharisees? If you have the spirit of a Pharisee, the good news is tonight I'm performing pharisectomies before I leave the room. Praise God. Now watch this. When she saw the food on his table, when she saw the meat and the bread, basically, she could not believe it. And meat and bread are symbols of God's word. And the question is, does the church still have enough meat and bread to satisfy a hungry world? I've made up in my mind, I did it years ago when I first started. I'm going to preach the word. I said, I'm going to preach the word. 
I am going to prepare fresh hot bread and I'm going to prepare meat and every time I stand up, that's what I'm serving. We've got very great communicators now. We've got people that can stand up and they can articulate a message impressively, but they never really preach the word. But I'm telling you, we got to get meat and bread in the house. I want people to come to my church and get so full of the meat and the bread, they get so full of the word that they can't handle anything else. They're so full that when they get a chance to sin, I can't have that affair. I'm too full. I can't go to that website. I'm too full. I can't make that compromise. I'm too full. How many of you want to get so full of the word that when you get that doctor's report, you say, no, I don't believe that. I believe the report of the Lord. When they tell you your children can't be saved, get full of the word and say, my house will serve the Lord. Get full of the word. I would tell young preachers, doesn't matter how many followers you have on Instagram, how many people are following you to heaven, preach the word. I want to preach the word so prolifically that when people leave my church, they don't have to have a snack. Come on, somebody. That they are overcome. That they don't go to drugs or immorality or compromise. They don't even want to gossip. The Bible said in Matthew 4, 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Somebody say word. How many of you need the word of the Lord in your heart and in your life? Now watch this. The Bible said precious when she saw the seeding of his officials, the attending of his servants and his cup bearers. In other words, when she saw the buy-in, Pastor Gary, of the people, Everybody found a place, and they served. And I want to tell you at Evangel Temple, you lead by serving. Be careful of folks that want to rise and rule who's never learned to stoop and serve. When she saw unity in the house, I bind every spirit of discord off of your church and mine. I bind every spirit of discord off of Angel Temple, and I declare that this is a house of unity. I declare that this, is, this house is so unified that the Lord commands his blessing, even life forevermore. I declare that over your church, and I declare it over mine. I declare people are plugged in here. They are connected here and they are mighty here because of it. Can the world still find a plugged in, engaged, serving, unified church when they come through the doors? See, the truth is, y'all, the church in America is so splintered. She's so divided. I look at people within the body of Christ and there's so much division, but here's the question. How in the world can we win the world? if we haven't even won each other. You hear what I'm saying? How can we win the world, church, if we haven't won each other? Can I, can I mess you up a little bit? Did you know that when God looks over from heaven, he doesn't see the black church or the white church or the Hispanic church or the Asian church? Come on, somebody. When the Lord looks over heaven, he, he doesn't see, oh, let me really mess y'all up. He doesn't see the Assembly of God church. He doesn't see the Church of God church. He doesn't see the Methodist church. 
Come on, somebody. He doesn't see the colors. He doesn't see the divisions. If you're washed in the blood of the Lamb, that is the church of the living God. And we have allowed the enemy to divide the church in the earth, but there is a remnant that is rising. Let me tell you, when you get to heaven, there ain't going to be no black section. Ain't going to be no white section. Ain't going to be no Hispanic section. Ain't going to be no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting country now. Ain't going to be no Church of God section. Ain't going to be no Baptist section. Ain't going to be no Kojic section. Baby, when you get up there, you'll be so glad to be there, you won't even care who your neighbors are. church has got to get it together in America. I'm telling you. Now, verse 5, and I'm getting ready to close, and what does that mean? It says 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Blast off! Yeah, I'm ready to preach now. <laughs> Y'all, I've been preaching all week long I'm going to preach till I finish. If that's okay, make a little noise. I'm just going to go ahead and preach it on through. When she saw Pastor Gary, his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord, it took her breath away. Now, this is powerful to me. When she saw his ascent to the house of the Lord, when she saw how he honored God, it had an effect on her. Everything was great. The palace was impressive. His wisdom was wonderful. The people serving was something to see. The food was delicious. But when the queen of Sheba saw his worship, it took her breath away. There was something about his worship that took her breath away. She had seen a lot, but man, when he began to worship, she had never seen anything like that in her life. And here's the question. Does the church still have worship that takes the world's breath away? I love good music, but I can't live on good music alone. I love great singing, but I can't live on great singing alone. I need worship. I need something that gets me into another world. I need worship. Where are the worshipers? Do you need worship? Listen, there was something in his hallelujah. There was something in his thank you, God. There was something in his burnt offerings. There was something in his pursuit of God that took her breath away. That's why if you're really saved, there ought to be some kind of expression of worship that comes out of your mouth because sometimes... It is your praise, it is your worship that sets somebody free. Let me, you remember the story in the Bible of Paul and Silas, and they're in the inner prison, and they are half dead. They're in the stinkiest, dirtiest, nastiest part of the prison. All oh, lips are swollen, eye is black. Silas looked over at Paul, said, what do you want to do? Paul said, I believe I have a worship service. And it's about midnight. And the Bible said they began to worship. Get up, get up, get up. I don't know if they sung that. 
get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Oh, can you imagine? They're sitting there giving God praise. They're chained to the wall. Their feet are chained to the wall. Their arms are chained to the wall. But they didn't let the chains of the flesh stop them from being able to praise the Lord. And here's what happened. What happened was, come on, y'all. What happened was when they began to praise the Lord, you know what happened? Their shackles fell off. Their chains hit the ground, but not only did their shackles fall off, not only did their chains hit the ground, but everybody in the prison got unshackled. Everybody in the prison got unchanged. I'm telling you, sometimes if you'll praise the Lord on your row, everybody on your row will get delivered. Let me hear from the worshipers in the house. I'm telling you, I look at Evangel, and y'all are are cool. This church is cool. I mean, I don't like the lights. I don't like like all that. Well, listen, you study your Bible in the Old Testament. There was lights. There was smoke. God said, create me an atmosphere. And you know what? This, this is our version of atmosphere. Come on, somebody. But let me tell you, as much as I'm grateful for all this, I don't need a keyboard to worship God. I don't need a screen. I don't need a drum set. I can be right by myself and think of the goodness of Jesus and everything that he's done. For, are there any worshipers? A worshiper don't need all that. Listen, I, a few years back, I was in the car with my wife, and there was just something playing on the radio, or just a worship song, and it got deep down in my spirit. I'm driving. She's sitting over there, and I, y'all know me, man. I get radical, and I just shake the wheel. She said, what in the world's wrong with you? I said, I just feel breakthrough. I feel like we're about to have a breakthrough. I just bless God that breakthrough is coming. And I said, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry to tell you that I still feel the Holy Spirit, that I still respond to the presence of God. You don't have to be like me, but I'm telling you, I respond. And I'm in that car, and I shake that wheel. She said, what are you going to do? We're at a red light. I slapped that thing in park. I opened the door. I danced all around my car, and I gave God praise. You know why? Because I still believe that God moves where people worship. God moves where people praise. Worship creates atmospheres and atmospheres. host miracles, atmospheres, host salvation. When she saw his worship, it took her breath away. 
evangel never stopped worshiping. In fact, as your church and mine emerges in greater unity and purpose than we've ever been in, our worship is only going to go higher. How many of you want to go higher in the presence of the Lord? So watch. I need a musician to come. I'm going to try to close. What does that mean? I don't mean nothing. Hallelujah. I love you, Evangel. We're going to have some miracles in the altars in just a minute. God's about to touch some people. I've been in a river here lately, and I give God the praise. Just pray for me that the Lord just sustains my strength in these seasons of assignment. The Bible says, we have a musician. <clears throat> the Bible says that when she saw his attendants and his servants and the bread and the meat, when she came to him with hard questions, when she asked him the hardest things that were on her life and nothing was too hard for the king, all that was awesome. But there was something about her worship, something about his worship, let me say, that made her go, that's awesome. That's amazing. That's incredible. Your pursuit of God, your hunger for God's presence is what the world needs to see when they come into this room. Not just religion. Not just a professional church. Now I'm closed with this. Solomon was king after David. You remember that? And in reality, he wasn't even in line to be king. He was like fourth in succession. But David selected him. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter where you are. When God anoints you, he'll scoot you right to the front of the line. Oh, come on, somebody. Have you ever got a promotion and you don't even know how you got it? Have you ever got blessed and say, whoo, I don't even know how I got that? God blessed Solomon just that way. I believe before David finally died that he called Solomon, his son, in. And he said, Solomon, let me talk to you, son. He said, I wanted to build God a house. I wanted to build him a place where he could abide and he could stay and he could remain with us. I wanted to build him a house, son, but I didn't get to do it. That's going to be your job. Build it according to these plans. Here's the blueprint. Build a beautiful outer court area. Build an inner court area. Pay close attention. Don't forget to include the brazen altar and the brazen lever. Don't forget to make sure and include every adornment, all the beauty, all the finery of the inner court. Son, don't forget the table of showbread. 
Don't forget the golden candlestick. Make sure that there is an incense altar, a table of worship. If you're building a house, don't forget the table of worship. Don't forget the bread. Don't forget the oil. Don't forget the candlestick. Don't forget the fire. Build that table of worship. You remember when we set up our tabernacle? And I talked through that, and I, and I got to the table of worship. <laughs> and I told you that they poured the stack to Annika and Galbanon over that altar just before they went behind the veil to the mercy seat. They would pour that over that altar and set it on fire, and the worship that rose represented the worship and praises of God's people. Do you remember that I taught you that? Uh, did you remember one of the things that I told you? It opened the door into God's presence, but one side benefit that it did for the whole camp was when worship was rising from that incense of worship it chased the snakes away when they when they would when they would burn that worship it chased the snakes away let me tell you every time you worship evangel you are chasing the snakes away you are chasing sickness away you are chasing addiction away he said son if you build all this the most important thing I want you to do don't forget the mercy seat. He said, if you build everything else and you don't include a mercy seat, don't even open the building. He said, the mercy seat is where people will be changed. The mercy seat is where lives will be redeemed. The mercy seat is where lives will be restored. And I want to tell you, at Evangel Temple, there's a lot of beauty in this place. But I feel, Pastor Gary, like never before, that God has constructed a mercy seat in this house. How many of you are thankful that no matter what people's issues are, we never forget the mercy seat? So with everyone standing... I need the worship team to come right on out here right now. Somebody raise your hands and worship the Lord. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Come on, let's take the last few minutes of this service and let's worship the Lord. Somebody raise your heart and worship the Lord. It's your worship. It's your worship. It's your worship. That worship will take the enemy's breath away. That worship will shift your atmosphere. That worship will change situations and circumstances. Somebody raise your hands and worship the Lord. Come on, I'm gonna press you a little bit. I'm gonna press you a little bit. Let's worship the Lord. When she saw his worship, it took her breath away. Do you need a breakthrough tonight? Do you need a miracle tonight? Raise your voice and worship the one that can bring it. Sing, honey. 
Come on, worship with me a minute. Sing whatever God's put on your heart. Come on, sing, honey. Sing, honey. right here I feel desperation the enemy is trying to convince you that your dilemma what you're facing things that are happening around you and to those you love that there's no breakthrough but I heard the Lord say that your destiny is greater than your dilemma and that God is on your side that when you came up tonight you came from a place of desperation and the Lord said, everything connected to you has to break through. I release breakthrough. Somebody give God praise right now. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Waymaker, waymaker, waymaker.
Jason. This is Danny. The Holy Spirit told me to tell him that his past is behind him. I don't want you to look back another day regretting what you did. I don't want you to look back and regret another day. You say, well, I failed. I, I caused pain. I created problems. The Lord said, Danny, it's a new season for your life. You came to a mercy cheat church, and I'm releasing purpose over Danny right now. Y'all, he is weeping and trembling in the presence of the Lord. Somebody give God praise that Danny his destiny is to be a mighty man of God. This is his mother right here. Mama, I'm telling you, Danny is going to be a mighty man of God. He was called to preach as a little boy. And you know what? God still has his hand on his life. Give the Lord a praise if you believe he's a way maker.
He's going to deal with addiction. If you've been wrestling addiction, get up here right now. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I declare, now you guys, y'all are, are you guys a part of a ministry? You're part of team. They're a part of team challenge. Let me tell you, I am making a declaration of faith that when you guys graduate Teen Challenge, that when you come out of the program, what you did, you will never do again. I need some radical people. I said the things that held you won't hold you anymore. That tonight God's going to do a work in you and in these months that you spend in the program, you're going to get trained and you're going to get undergirded and you're going to get strengthened. How many of you can say God will set every one of them free indeed? Sing, I'm about to lay hands on them. Sing Waymaker. people coming up here to be prayed for I never invited them I never asked them to come but I kept hearing in my spirit you need to anoint the next generation let me tell you evangel temple revival sitting right in this youth ministry right here I dare you to give God a shout right now come on no that ain't a shout give the Lord a shout 
Now I'm going to tell you something. Are there any young people here that's standing right here? You say, Apostle, I just feel like God is putting something special on my life. And I want him to use me this year at my school. I want to be used in ministry. If that's you, I want to. We're about to lay hands on these kids. And I heard that my assistant was here, Josh. And y'all had a move of God among the young people. And it looks like to me it ain't over. Can I get a witness? How many of you want to see a generation set on fire? Listen, I'm going to impart part of what's in my life into yours. Look at me, young person. Paul had a young son named Timothy. He said, stir up the gift that's in you that I imparted to you when I laid hands on you. So tonight, when I lay hands on you, some of this anointing that I walk in is going to come on them. You believe it? I said, do you believe it? I said, do you believe it? All right, sing, honey. Y'all raise your hands and begin to worship the Lord while they sing. Sing it. Waymaker.
What is it? Devrin, raise your hands, Devrin. I believe there's ministry in Devrin. Pastor Gary, I feel something on this stage. I, I, you, you've lived a life where you've been too concerned about what people think of you. But I needed to attend, stand before you as a father, someone who's here today to tell you that you are loved, you are precious, you are valuable, and your destiny is great. I release over Deborah an anointing tonight that will change the very trajectory of her life. I declare that God is going to use Deborah that from this night, come on somebody, forward she will never be the same again. Are you ready for this anointing? Are you ready? Waymaker singing. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Sing it again. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are.
Jordan, come here. Pastor Jordan, raise your hand, son. How many of y'all love Pastor Jordan? I, I've been thinking about you this week, and the Lord said there's a shifting going on in your life. You are starting to walk in a new level of authority and power. The Lord said there is a new glory coming over you. That he, as you undergird your dad and you undergird what's going on in this church, the Lord said, get ready for miracles to follow your preaching. Get ready for breakthroughs to follow your preaching. I hear the Lord say, Jordan, God's pouring out an oil on you that is fresh. He's poured it through generations of your family. And the Lord said, it's potent right now. And I declare, son, as you preach, people will get unshackled. I declare that God's going to use you in ways you never dreamed or imagined. There's a new mantle coming on you, son, and I release it tonight. In the name of Jesus, open doors, opportunities even beyond this building. I give God praise. I give God praise from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation. Waymaker. said that when she saw his worship it took her breath away I declared that this week as you worship the Lord as you put him first as you glorify his name come on somebody just wave your hands right now I declared that this is a week for you a week of miracles I declared that this is a week of supernatural breakthrough for you I declare that this week, even if the enemy attacks, he'll be defeated on every side this week. I declare that this is a season for worship. I hear the Lord say, your worship is your warfare. And if you'll worship, you'll win. If you receive tonight and you can give God all the glory, as whoever's going to close, Pastor Jordan, give the Lord a mighty praise. Then all these young people bless you. Amen.